0: My spidey sense is tingling.
1: Really big
0: show he's the host that a mere moment will drop a huge bomb on the listeners it's a for real bomb not a fake bomb it's coming on this episode of paper keg 270
1: welcome to the paper keg podcast where three dudes hang out together on the internet maybe we're local maybe you don't even know and we talk about comic books the beloved medium of comic books this week from DC Comics. I think maybe it's Vertigo. I don't know. Shade, The Changing Man. And then we'll read your letters live to tape to close out the show. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time. You know, if you're just tuning in, you saw us on some kind of iTunes hot list.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, "What's this show with the fancy branding and design?" Snagged it up on the
2: hot they list. They snagged it up on the podcast app.
1: You know, maybe you use Google Play Music. I don't know. I don't even know how that stuff works on Android. Nobody does. But you're here.
0: I think you need to update to Google Cheesecake 2.7. Oh, <laughs>
2: Look out. He's getting riled up, everybody. <laughs> he just pulled
1: that one out of his Android joke journal. So
2: that was one of the uh, uh, bullet points of the editor's picks for Apple editor's podcasts. <laughs> Jonesy's uh, tech jokes.
1: <laughs> just Jonesy on a toilet recording the audio and then sending that to an Apple feed. Welcome back. Jonesy, who I just mentioned, He uh, he's a writer. So right off the bat, you're checking out a comics podcast. You're like, yes, mm-hmm. it's legit. I found the only legit comics podcast in the biz. Granted, he's unpublished. Welcome back, Jonesy Loves Beer.
0: Yeah, as always, that's by choice. You know, I've had multiple, uh, you know, two, three, four, zero opportunities to get published. Uh, and I've turned them all down. So, you know, wow. be that as it may, you know, maybe I just write for me. You know, I write like no one's reading. Mm-hmm.
1: Jonesy had like a smirk on his face, like he nailed that line after he said it. Did I?
0: Yeah. Did I not nail it? You were like is that looking in at question? us with a
1: glint in your no? eye, like, I nailed it, guys.
0: I'm just waiting for that silent nod confirmation. <laughs> Dale I'm still is waiting.
1: gladly giving it to you. Final living <laughs> host. We used to have a fourth host, mm. but he is dead. God rest his soul. Uh, the final living host. He's the VP of merch, Silver Fox, they call him. He uh, just was showing off this hot new iPhone 7 case he just purchased, made out of actual real hardwood on his phone. Welcome back, VP of hardwood, Dale underscore A.
2: Trying something new with the old new phone. And um, yeah, I I decided to go uh, the hardwood route. I've always had a, a keen eye on the hardwood cases, so I went with a little something. Gonna give it a whirl. Give it a try, um, yeah. you know. Who knows how it's going to work out? It uh, doesn't. I can't put the phone face down, so right, right up. Then you know it's up Slim's alley because he would just love the the taut thinness of this case. The the lack of uh, uh, I want to <laughs> say uh, overall additional you know uh, uh, shape to it, but yeah. I can't put it face down. I mean, so we're going to see. What do you, gotta, what do you
1: mean you can't put it face down? Is there a ridge? Or there's no ridge? There's, yeah, like the. Oh, yeah, the, that's the, the scr- only way to go. Ridgeless.
2: Right, so you. are so ridgeless. You're so all if about If they could it. just
1: like. See, the problem is I moved. Spoilers, I moved over to the Pixel. The Google Pixel. Mm-hmm. And they, there's not a case market for Android phones like there is for iPhone. Because you got all these nerdy designers that love jang off to like how well they designed a case and there's nothing like that on android so it's hard to find so i had to get like some seven dollar jobby but it has a ridge but it's as thin as it gets i guess can i say jang off i
2: think i can't say jang i think i think so i mean i think so it's november (laughs) so i you know i i would think maybe with the uh the introduction of the google pixel maybe you get some uh you know uh designers topolsky-esque designers Mm -hmm. (laughs) i actually
1: was thinking if i could make my own case like if i got the specifications of a pixel and i had one of those like those machines where you can make your own 3d things could i in theory make my own case
2: um, I think it would be very clunky. I don't. I'd, I would be curious to see if the three D printer could get as uh, specific in the in the corners, the curvy corners. Plus, you want to probably put some felt down, like some poker poker table felt, mm. in the inside of that case. Maybe I don't know.
1: I don't know. That's that sounds pretty pricey. I don't know if Doesn't I can afford felt. <laughs> Just maybe a reminder, right around the corner. <laughs> Shade the Changing Man from one Mister Peter Milligan. Back to back episodes. We're going on the Milligan train. This was a this was an audible called by uh, the VP of book clubs, Dale underscore right last week. He says, you know, f what we had on the dock. Right. Let's go back to the Milligan.
2: Right. Let's let's see what it's all about. Yeah. Let's uh let's give the people what they want. Let's give Dale what he wants to read. <laughs> what he knows he wants to read.
1: Right. I'm just trying to keep you happy. Yeah. That's my that's my my goal for this show keep you as happy as, as i can
2: right and so i'm not up on top of a building somewhere collective soul playing in the background with my bare feet hanging over the edge of the building remember the bare
0: feet vividly in, from that video uh-huh Long. now speaking of which slim it's don't you have a huge size 10 drop shoes. Uh, on us
1: i <laughs> poor <laughs> dale was getting to the punchline there as he walked all over it <laughs> my fault but uh yeah before the show i said i had a bombshell announcement to make it's actually not that big of a deal but something that i noticed while reviewing paper keg documentation before the show Ooh. you know the last time we did a marvel book club july get out of here i just reviewed the documentation july Uh for those that insane. are out of sorts that's like six six months is that how many months that is five no. months no. four months
0: three
2: it's the of math, November. Jonesy's. C. Somebody double check Jonesy's math. <laughs>
1: someone get on that. It's actually three and a half months, almost four months. X Men twenty ninety nine, episode two fifty seven. What recorded really? uh, July eighteenth. You know the book club before that? That was Marvel. Was episode two fifty Uncanny X Force book two. Ooh,
0: so we have done what are we two doing
1: Marvel book clubs in almost six
2: months. Man, if you're saying
0: we should do old man Logan volume one, I mean I'm not going to argue
2: with you. If you're saying we should do that Ghost Rider run that Chuck Forsman has been posted on Twitter.
1: Should we do the Spirits of Vengeance crossover? Is that what you're saying right now? Oh
2: my word. No wonder like my body has just felt like all creeped up. Like it's like I can't get comfortable. And I think that might be why. Yeah. Slim.
1: I think you might be right. Something to think about, something to stew on. You know, maybe we'll consult. We'll give Chuck Forsman a call, see what he thinks, what book club we should do. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's the vengeance that we need in our lives. From
2: Mark Texierra. July. I I think (laughs) if you went back before episode 250, every other book club was a Marvel book.
1: Let's do it. Uh, Well, we did do the Uncanny X-Force back-to-back, so that's like Mm. 800 pages of Marvel.
2: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Wow. Man, this is this goes so far back. The we did the Superman books funeral for a friend Reign of Superman Return of in 245. So like numerically it's not that far away, but that was April of this year. Wow, seven yeah, 7 months ago.
2: That's the that's the equivalent of not having a ridge on your phone that you could put the phone face down. <laughs> Wow. Slim's just all about sliding it into his pants. All oh, Everything yeah. looks good on him. His calves shaped like diamonds, rock-hard granite diamonds. When he takes pictures uh, with his dog in the window's reflection, and all you can see is the bottom angular angles of two calves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, my Instagram stories are almost dedicated solely to my calves. That's
2: all I want an Instagram story about anymore. That's fact. I mean, those things are the only ridges you need in your life.
1: <laughs> Should we get into the uh, book club this week? One shade, the changing man.
2: Uh, from- I think um, on the I, you you were saying something in the intro, Slim, and I didn't want to step all over your intro. Yeah, I try to I try to shy away from that. But the uh, the what is it? The flags. St- The letterhead, the flagship, the flagstaff. Anyway, Shade the Changing Man originally came out in DC Comics, and then I think it moved over
1: to Vertigo. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. The more you know. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gen Z, do you want to walk us through uh, Shade the Changing Man, Volume 1, The American
0: Scream? I'm going to do my very best to give you a synopsis that makes sense. So while it may seem like rambling, I am trying to hit story points. Kathy is a a Southern belle uh, who tries to take her boyfriend home to meet her uh, parents in the Deep South. And uh, as she opens the door she discovers her parents are being murdered by a pretty renowned serial killer. And, uh, in that day, she loses both her boyfriend and her parents. Uh, thusly, the serial killer is captured, uh, and is awaiting execution. And while he's awaiting this, Kathy goes on like, a like a psychopathic bender where she becomes an alcoholic and loses her mind and gets committed. And, Various other terrible things happen to her. And finally she goes, she ends up at the prison on execution day. And as the serial killer is about to be um, hit with the electric chair, something happens and a quasi-dimensional being known as Shade, the ever-changing man, uh, hops into the body of the serial killer. And what follows is a road trip style book where Shade and Kathy mind-bendingly journey through U.S. history. Um, if that's how you even want to call it. Um, basically, they, they take a road trip through different concepts that are Um, allegories for different types of pop culture madness, Uh, conspiracy theories, um, the, I guess, facade of old-school Hollywood is is another one they tackle in this volume, and the antagonist of this uh, volume is the American Scream, who is kind of this entity of madness that's created by, like, American hysteria and addictive culture and dissidents and so Kathy and the shade fight that as not only a concept but as a person. I think I'm not sticking the landing here. You're nailing, here. It. You're nailing um, it, Jones. But so the shade is You've a, got ridges. You've got ridges on the your case
2: of your synopsis.
1: Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Pre pre air. Jonesy gave us an opinion spoiler that I might be the only person to like this book. Now, are you saying, Jonesy, that this didn't have the ridges that you were looking for? The shade, the changing
0: man? Let me, Man. Let me be clear uh, about my feelings about this book. I don't think I comprehend it enough to like it or dislike it.
1: Wow. Hmm.
0: Strong words. It's This is maybe the most 90s book I've ever read. Oh, my God. Gosh, <laughs> uh, is that an insult? I don't even know. I don't like. Know. I didn't say I hated it. Like Transmetropolitan, I just said it was oh. the most nineties <laughs> book I've ever read. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, check the tapes for our thoughts on Transmetropolitan,
1: please. We will not <laughs> discuss. Our You've thoughts. recently uh,
2: checked the tapes on that. I fact, did. That, that's that's episode all. it holds up.
1: up. If I can be frank with you, it holds up. Go, <laughs> Go back and that. check the uh, that's tapes. All listener. I'm going to say about that: that's garbage. Shade the changing man. Who we haven't even mentioned it yet, but drawn by a young Chris Bacalo,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: from Generation X, uh, um, Spider-Man, Shed, Doctor Strange. Now, mm-hmm. let me let me just say this about Shade, the Changing Man. Loved it. What I loved it. Shocker. And it, <laughs> there's the main thing that. Uh, connected with me, felt very Sandmanish right off the bat. This felt like a Neil Gaiman sub series. I disagree. Neil Gaiman. Um, but it's your feelings.
0: I can't disagree with your opinion. I guess. Thank you. I
1: appreciate that. And the art is very un Chris Bachalo as present. Obviously, it was a long time ago, but it reminded me of Stephen Bissett and John. Tottle ben of Saga, mm. The Swamp Thing, and Miracle Man. Mm-hmm.
2: So it was kind of getting me from two different angles where I where I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, the art. You're right. It was very unlike anything we're used to nowadays from Chris Bocciolo, Bacalo. Bacalo, um, but it's kind of rooted in in a more mainstream style. But it's good. It's so good. But the the first episode grabbed me and i did get you know great sandman vibes from it i thought i was like this is another one that i've totally looked past because i didn't think my mind was prepared for it but as soon as um the first do- double size issue ended and the rest began this delved deep into the the, nine, the comic that I've always stereotyped the Sandman to be. It got real wacky, real fast for me, and I had a lot of trouble keeping up until that JFK arc was over. I was able to kind of bounce back for the American horror, movie horror double arc. Um, but I don't know if it brought... If it would have brought me back to a place where I needed to read more, wow! Uh, um, st- the st- I really like, I really like the the concept, and I really I was surprised I was able to follow issues five and six because two, three, and four were just so wild for me I couldn't understand a thing that was going on.
0: I feel Dale that in order to get this story. Like I need to be cross-legged in like a buffalo skin teepee sweat lodge. Like sharing peyote with like a Native American trickster god. And then we both need to leave our our crude matter bodies and float through the, you know, the essence of the world. And then our are, you know, greeted by the great Bendu. And then he tells me page by page what the F this book is about. And I feel like mm-hmm. if I went on that spiritual journey, that I could put this in the like pile. Hmm. But as like yet, I, I I remain. I really liked where episode two
2: was going. Where I I kind of started to pinpoint what shade kind of gravitated towards. Like he fi- like like pockets of madness that are so strong in the world shade sort of gravitates to, and I guess it's his job to fix. And so there was a man obsessed with the assassination of JFK. And it really started going down a path that I really, really liked. I liked, um, how Milligan was able to like pace the obsession to where it was a, it was almost like an insane level of obsession that this guy was breaching upon. But, then it started going places that I couldn't keep up with the big head, the JFK head, and I feel like an idiot, like admitting this. Like I should be able to get it, but unfortunately, I just couldn't.
1: I mean, I didn't understand some of the parts either, but I still enjoyed the mushroom esque journey.
0: Oh yeah, through
1: like the shade, uh, the changing man, and I mean the the first issue was like. Right out of the Sandman, yeah, Alan Moore game and handbook. The girl, yeah. uh, you, zones in on a girl who's having like drug problems. She's going crazy, and then you find out why she went crazy because she took her, her African American boyfriend to the South to meet her parents, and it's written so well that she, you know she, she's discussing the the journey they're making. She's like we're half a day late, but it doesn't matter. Just the way he wrote that discussion like over and over again and she repeats it and it's just in your head that mm-hmm. she keeps repeating it every few sentences. They make love because that's why they're late in the fields. They get there and then there's a whole page of her holding the door open oh, to her parents' god, that,
2: house. That could be the best page and, in what we've read. It's oh amazing. my god,
1: it was amazing. So the parents brutally murdered and because someone made a delivery and, and he went in and slaughtered them. So now her, 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 like, then the boyfriend shows up and this, this, this issue was so dark, unbelievably dark. The boyfriend shows up, the black boyfriend starts tackling the guy who did the murder, protects his girlfriend. Cops show up, shoot the black boyfriend in the head. He's dead. And the cops are like, you okay, ma'am? <laughs> like, you just yeah. shot the guy who was trying to s- help. It's, it, like, you you see the scene unfold, and you're, like, shell-shocked.
2: Literally mm-hmm. shell-shocked that this has happened. I felt like and, I was going mad. Just and then she be, throws in the fact that, like, uh, Robbie's parents blame her because she was so selfish. She just wanted to show off. Uh, she wanted to be cool. She wanted to be cool, yeah, and, and show the South that uh, she was past all that, even though, you know... The South was not. And it, it like they just the fact that that was added in, but it was added in in such a way she's like holding the vodka bottle as it as she says it. And she spends like three years in a sanitarium. And then it's it just wild. gets
1: worse. They, they, the guy is arrested and it's the day he's going to be executed. The guy who slaughtered her family and her boyfriend shows she's outside of the courthouse like waiting for it to happen. He's getting strapped to the electric chair. And then Shade appears in the serial killer's body as he's about to be killed and she meets him in the street so like she thinks it's over but it's not over because the guy who killed your loved ones his body is alive and he needs your help like
2: good grief and and what about the uh, the turn like uh what's his name gresner i think is the murderer's name And, and he's in his jail cell and he's talking up to the guards he's like i can't wait to try this i've heard that you taste cold peanut butter when you're getting electrocuted and this other guy didn't die and i I just can't wait and and they're telling him to shut up and stuff and then when they start strapping him down like the panic sets in, he's like i changed my mind i want to stay electrocuted like it's the panic i just got chills the way it's paced and written Mm -hmm. because it's it's wonderful
1: yeah the first the first issue oversized issue is next level good in my opinion and then You've, you get into the psychedelic stuff of this story with the JFK and um, you follow the conspiracy theorist writer and I was actually curious what the the time frame and the reaction to the JFK because this is maybe like 20 20 years, 22 years after it happens.
0: When was this published? 1990.
1: Mm. And I've just super fascinated by what the reaction would be like so maybe in like five years someone would do a a 9-11 story like this you know what would the reaction be to that you know like a psychedelic trip through um you know the the next most famous Mm -hmm. uh event like depressing event in world history in u.s history
2: yeah and and one that's been so so, so speculated upon and picked apart and conspiracized. I mean, obviously, the falling of the two two towers could be like that, but maybe it's because it's so um, widespread on the internet already. Like, it's maybe not as mis- right. Would, would mis- we would
1: we want to read that story? Like, would you want to read a Vertigo book where a nine like, eleven conspiracy writer, you know, goes through all of it? No, I'm just, I don't, I don't know if I would, I just think it's a great question.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that is a great question. Yeah.
1: Um, But the, so so the, the bit with the JFK stuff, like, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to describe, but Mm -hmm. um, through the, through kind of bringing back this, this writer's daughter, he's able to see through all the fake conspiracies and kind of just see a truth in it. So that like brings him out of the madness And there was another great Milligan line that I wrote. So they kind of like put to bed all his theories for him. So he was kind of done with the JFK stuff. And the guy kind of is somber and he's like walking away. And he says, you can't just take away a man's crutches without giving him new legs. Mm -hmm. So it was just a great reaction from this guy to having kind of almost nothing now to focus his life on, which is the loss of his daughter was why he focused on it so intently.
2: I was I was just going to say the first half, first three quarters of the first book in that arc the delve into his obsession is really well done. Like the the over monologue against like the backdrop of him like putting himself into these scenes where, you know, Oswald is being escorted into or out of the courthouse and Jack Ruby shows up and shoots him. Like the pacing and the and the storytelling in there is really great. It just gets too too hard to follow from at a certain point.
1: Yeah, the, it it's almost like on purpose, in my opinion, when the JFK is saved by this guy. Like he eventually kind of almost time travels and is able to save JFK, and he hangs out with him. And then, as the reader, like I didn't realize at the time that. They were kind of like in the madness or shade was a part of it, so like it wasn't really j f k it was shade, and it wasn't really um Jackie, it was the lead female character, and I was like, oh okay, I just mm-hmm. the script just got flipped on me, and that happened a few times, but so I thought it was interesting
0: so let me let me ask a follow-up question then so they were they they go into localized madness, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The And um, they did not create a parallel timeline where JFK survives because it's referenced like in the next volume, the Highway volume, mass hallucination in Dallas, JFK lives like they read it on a newspaper.
1: I mean, I don't so, know if it created an alternate timeline if it didn't just create mass hallucinations for people that were nearby in the town. Like, the people might have believed that JFK was still alive, but I don't think it created, like, another timeline where it was true.
0: All right, so there is no... As is, is my no, interpretation. Like, that featured... That was all in the, in the the guy's head. The conspiracy theorist. I would say head. it's
1: all in the madness quote.
0: Yeah. Got it.
1: And, um, yeah, and then it gets even weirder in the Hollywood story, which I thought was great where the, mm-hmm. the that, that arc opens with them filming a movie. The, movie. the title of the movie escapes me, but it was really funny. I can't Do you remember what it was like? Was it Hollywood Kills as opposed to Hollywood Hills? I don't remember. But they're filming kind of like this cheesy movie, and there's like five lead characters, and the madness ends up creeping into the filming of this movie where the director is watching the reels at the end of the night and can see stuff that he never filmed. <clears throat> but it's like footage of all the actors dark pasts which felt like such a sandman alan moore mm-hmm. thing like that's just the first thing i thought of. It was i thought it was great mm-hmm. um but then that one takes an even weirder psychotropic turn where all the scenes that you're seeing on the page they almost like pull it back and then reveal a new set of characters that are watching what you just watched and it's a movie. And right. that happens like 30 times. It was yeah, so crazy. Yeah, it does.
2: And at this point, uh, Shade the Changing Man is full-on Jimmy McElroy with his feathered hair and his... Uh, I mean, he's, he's a pair of ice skates away from uh, <laughs> doing doubles with Wolf Farrell. But...
1: But at the time, he was just a god in yeah. that
2: outfit. But the... That arc is a little easier to follow, and it's pretty horrific. He, he I think when Shade slash Milligan's use of the madness gets a little too generalized, and they just start like, it's almost like he just starts plugging in terms, like almost like a Warren ellis kind of, but more on a, a psychedelic instead of science fiction kind of uh, methodology of just plugging in, like, psychedelic terms. The Warren
1: Ellis uh, word generator? <laughs> about yeah,
2: that? yeah, exactly. Like, Milligan, like, taps into that, but changes the drop-down from sci-fi to <laughs> psychedelic. And then he's got, like... And then Shade's just like, oh, it's the madness of the the soul forge in my heart. It's the sewing machine that my... The madness... It's, like, yeah. really generalized. And... But I... I like... I wouldn't be able to think of another way to tell the story I wanted to tell without using, I guess, sentences like that, but it's still like uh, a little too something. Mm-hmm. A little too something. I did,
0: I it. Uh, I did think it was perp- uh, perplexing that the sh- shade tells Kathy, hey, uh, my body is still in the meta, but it's wearing a madness vest you know, so, duh, and I'm <laughs> psychically projecting myself from the meta, but I'm still wearing this vest, which is why the madness follows me, like, that, mm. uh, I mean, now, somebody know you liked it, but do you feel like maybe it's being pur- purposely confusing mm. as a motif, rather than, you know, like, needlessly confusing? Mm-hmm. But that's, right, that's um, a good way of putting but it's, it. That's it's trying to be chic in the fact that it's confusing. I don't know,
1: because I have had like your reaction to like ninety percent of the recent Warren Ellis stuff that I've read. Like I so I've been able to not see through the sheen of cleverness, as mm-hmm. it were. But for whatever reason I didn't get that sheen in this book. And I don't know if it's because it wasn't as in my interpretation, like in my face and like it was like the shade only ever really said the kind of funky psychedelic stuff maybe like once every three pages so maybe I was like okay with it um, but I, I totally get what you're saying and I've seen it in tons of other books but for whatever mm-hmm. reason it just didn't hit me as much or maybe I was drawn in by the Swamp Thing esque art and the Sandman esque writing that I didn't I didn't see it I was seeing something else um, so I don't know
2: that's a good analysis, Jonesy, because that's almost like, you know, you don't want to put words in people's mouth or, or thoughts or what they're thinking, but it's like almost like uh, Milligan's like, I'm going to turn these people on their heads when they just read whatever the heck I'm going to, I'm really going to trip them out because they're so used to uh, whatever young blood and wild cats and vengeance, <laughs> spirits of vengeance that they're just not, they're not even going to know what's coming at them right now.
0: Like, I feel like there was maybe like a handful of words written on a scrap of paper and then like wrote around a baseball cap and it was literally it's because I'm connected to my madness vest okay vest it, and, but he's it could have been his, he's shaking the baseball hat it could have been like effing caterpillar like there was no rhyme or reason as to why mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean I mean Jonesy, he comes from another universe is it supposed to make any sense to you uh, he, he comes says? from meta you know
0: what I mean y- you've got me there it comes from the Soul Forge in Meta. Let's all just hit our peyote, hold hands, leave our bodies, go to the Meta, and figure this all out.
1: Listen, as someone that knows ex- exquisitely the Warner, Warren Ellis Word Generator website, <laughs> I, I didn't get it this time. You right. know, okay. maybe I That's was good. maybe I had rose-colored glasses, supreme <laughs> rose. Colored glasses, which uh, everybody on Springs. Meta wears. That's from, that's their uh, uniform. Of, they I have
0: think. they have them instead of eyelids. You know their rose glasses. You know eyelids are <laughs> so foreign to me on Earth. What are these things that you have all the time? Is that know. is that comic still going on? By the way, uh, no, I
1: don't think so. I think it's I think it was a miniseries. Oh, okay. So I don't know um, what people think of Shade the Changing Man. Like I don't know if it's where that stands in the history yeah. books. Honestly, I.
2: I think I I want to say that huge friend of the show Scotty Tuhati LDP I think it's one of his favorites but I don't know if it's just cuz it's the R or uh, cra- Scotty you know probably oh, gets it. Can Jesus. I oh. change
0: my mind this is the most wonderful book I've ever read. I don't want to draw the ire of uh one probably unsubbed Scotty unsubbed, unsubbed a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just gonna, like when suspicious. I
0: said what did scholastic ever do and then, you know,
1: That's right. We took a big, hot, steaming dump on Scholastic, ruining any kind of business relationship we could have ever had with Scholastic. which was
0: looming. I mean, it was right over the horizon. Our business relationship. What phone
1: called Dale's making over there? VP of
2: Deals. You know, VP of Marketing. Phone. I got a new phone to make these calls, Jonesy. What do you think? I'm able to make them on the six plus over here. (laughs) I wore out my phone making
1: calls. (laughs) Shade the changing man. Give it a shot. You know,
2: we're obviously torn over it. give it a shot would love to hear your thoughts I know uh, uh, Dirk Feelgood was red enigma I don't think he's finished yet but if he wants to hop right on to a shade
1: we gotta get uh, Dirk's thoughts you know Mm -hmm. he actually reached out to us uh, after listening to that last episode saying that about Los Mediacredad I think it was alluded that we had a free ride to our first match if we were to ever, ever visit but he said we do need to get some training first
2: yeah. on our end. He definitely used the uh, phrase I have a reputation to protect. so we He He's exactly. We don't we don't we can't go out there looking like uh you
0: know uh bush leaguers. Uh, yeah. Listen, we should just doing. use the Patreon money and go out there for a couple of days just to mm. scout and sure. see what level we need to get to, fly home and then the training begins. That might be an exp- we could that to, might
1: be expensive scouting.
2: I think
0: but
1: we then we could probably our... go
2: to some pubs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Don't forget, we need to save our money, too, for our Longmire final season 2017 viewing 10-hour viewing party.
2: Holy crap. Worst news. You know, that was the greatest idea
0: maybe you've ever had, at least this quarter. Thank you.
1: It's this fiscal quarter.
0: Yeah. You two wearing pants are the works over already. there. Or, you, know, you just want to...
1: Listen, we just get... We get the whole room slash house to ourselves, you know? We kick back recliner.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have enough supplies. We have Grubhub on uh, on task. God. We have a big enough TV. We have a big enough room.
1: Mio. We get like a six pack of Mio.
0: 500 Mio. hot wings. Less is oh, a whole God. day. God. Bless. This could what be an official sanctioned PK event. <laughs>
1: 10-hour PK event.
0: (laughs) We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Uh,
1: We gotta get into the letters. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it on the air.
0: Our first letter... Uh, comes to us from Dear Friend of the Show. He goes by Caleb, and his subject is Jonesy Facts. So I'm going to just to assume this is uh, some kind of troll email aimed at me. Uh, but what up, gentlemen? I just listened to the Insects episode, and like always, y'all were great. You guys are like Michael Jordan in his prime. No other podcast comes close. So it, it, he's buttering me up right now. So in that episode, you guys read my last letter the one where I splooged about Transformers more than meets the eye. Now, in that letter, I mentioned Death of Spider-Man, and Slim and Dale were drawing a blank about the arc. In comes Jonesy. Okay, here we go. Uh, He proceeded to describe with absolute authority a comic with an older Spider-Man on the cover that was set in the future, to which Slim says, Spider-Man Reign? And Jonesy says, Yes. Which, of course, was wrong. (laughs) I was not talking about Spider-Man Reign. Uh, When I said Death of Spider-Man, I was in fact talking about the arc called Death of Spider-Man from the Ultimate Universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love how Jonesy can make erroneous statements like it's his job. Never change, Jonesy. Uh, Thanks, guys. Sorry that my letters are always so long. Uh, Yeah, whatever, man. (laughs) That's... (laughs) That's Jonesy. He will say
2: anything with such authority <laughs> that you have. You will have yourself second guessing constantly. That's what I did during his spiel. Then, when I when I suspected it might be death of Ultimate Spider Man, but the way he speaks, he speaks so well. Like this, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's an offshoot of what I've
1: called Jonesy math over the years, where <laughs> right. Jonesy can just say a number <laughs> to any equation with such confidence that you're almost foolish to disagree (laughs) but you have to look through that jonesy is like shade the changing man for facts
2: oh god Uh can you imagine like his algebra teacher and uh, jonesy states the answer to something (laughs) and then his algebra teacher years of experience is second guessing him or herself in that moment and just probably just lets jonesy get away with it because everybody believes him anyway Mm
0: mm-hmm you know, I have, you know
2: a way about me, I guess.
0: <coughs> Thanks for the letter, Caleb.
2: <laughs> Great letter, Caleb. You make those letters as long as you want, babe. Next up, friend of the show on the Twitter at Troy to the Max, which of course means I'm talking about Troy to the Max extreme. Thank you, <laughs> Troy to the Max. Hey gang, T Max here. What are you guys' thoughts on the recent controversy with certain creators in the industry? Where are we going with this? T Max. A while ago <laughs> A while ago their w- <laughs> butt
1: cheeks just tightened up.
2: <laughs> a while ago there was the pulled cover J. Scott Campbell drew of Reary Ironheart Williams that was deemed too assessual. After that, the writer of Mockingbird, Chelsea Kane, leaves social media because of constant harassment from so called fans because of the feminist T shirt cover. And now recently, Frank Cho is getting heat because of his work. Granted, his personal work is, a, is a more of a gratuitous nature than his published stuff. What are your guys' thoughts on this whole thing? Mm. I didn't come here to stir the pot or anything. <laughs> sure. I, just come, I just see a lot of this happening and believe it's all ridiculous, and it's even happening in the first place. Anyway, keep up the good work, and see you on the slacks and tweets. At Troy to the max. I don't know. I mean, should we just edit this whole question out of the show? So we have that power. I, we do have the power, but I don't know if we should. I think, I think what's
1: I tr- like in the previous years, I've tried to like leave the comics industry news segment, but I feel like I've been drawn back in because it's. it's I think it is important. Like J. Scott Campbell did that cover of the fifteen-year-old showing like the midriff, and it wasn't a very good cover.
2: Honestly, I haven't seen that, but now I have to, want, want to um see. So he
1: got heat for that deservedly because he kind of did it like a mary jane cover almost you know how he does those Mm -hmm. and the character isn't mary jane she's a 15 year old you know genius and so he got some strong negativity from women about it and men as well and he didn't he wasn't expecting it so he was like really shocked and eventually today he put out a new cover unofficial and it's fantastic. So I think he listened to some of the calm feedback that he got and maybe I, I haven't read what he said after posting it, but maybe he learned something from it. But I mean, there's, there's such negativity to like women in comics. It's such bull crap. Like dudes in comics, I think most, like literally most dudes in comics have grown up being like outcasts for liking comics. And when they see women come in and say something in comics makes them feel unwelcome they become the bullies. It's like, it's complete crap. So I think, I'm, I'm super stoked that J. Scott Campbell maybe learned something, but there's just so many dudes that are just like so close-minded and if like a woman comes in and says something makes them uncomfortable, like they get upset, which I'm sure I've done several times in the past, but there's there's so much in comics that pushes women away when they just want to enjoy the medium as much as we do and when they <laughs> feel like sexualized objects, we should listen. That's all we should do. We should listen. Like, they have experiences that we don't have, so let's listen.
2: Yeah, I think what I think what you just said means a lot, and it's that when something turns on them, they become the bullies. And that's, like, a bad thing. I mean, that's why people take, take shelter in comics. That's why people take solace in what they read. Because they don't, they're you know they don't want to be bullied or whatever, and then people, you know, guys might turn tail and become that same exact thing. They just don't realize it's uh you know because it's towards a woman or towards somebody else that that's not in their sphere of influence or or their social circles that mm-hmm. they're invincible, that they're not hurting real people or they're not. Yeah, like, maybe, like real
1: like, Yeah, like I'm assuming like J. Scott Campbell maybe is just in like a vacuum where all these dudes love his art and he's never gotten constructive criticism on why some of his art might be harmful to women. And then once those women come in, his fans are like, you know, get the F out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need you. And like, just look at the comments on his updated art on Facebook. It's a cesspool of dudes. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just so gross that like these are people that buy comic books and then like i mean if if a woman says like this artwork is harmful their reaction is to like attack instead of listen and
2: what's uh, and what's amazing is you know i only know what i know from who I follow and who I surround myself with on Twitter, right? Or maybe who I see at the comic book shop. So, like, you don't realize that there's this whole nasty world out there of people who are buying comics or reading comics and are just jaybags. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, they're complete jagoffs and you just don't realize that because you don't surround yourself with that on a daily basis but then it kind of gets thrown in your face by retweets and and news articles and stuff and then you just like you almost have to f- like take a position at that point because it's like in your sphere it's in your personal space sure like you if can't an,
1: be like an, like an uncomfortable topic comes into the, into like your sphere your whole world is like upside down. So you have to, it's like fight or flight. Like, Mm -hmm. do I just instinctively defend this medium that I love that I don't see a problem with? Or do I like pause and, you know, empathize with someone that I don't know and try to get, get a different insight, which is admittedly like a difficult concept to people because they're not used to it. They're not used to hearing a different perspective on something That's Mm -hmm. negative that they love. So like when you get that, you're like, you don't, you almost, your brain like can barely handle it for some people.
2: And like going on what I I just said and what Slim just said about like what's in your sphere of what, who you speak with. Like for me, it's the fight or flight. It's like I have an opinion, but me just putting on, it's weird because I, I, a lot of the times, whether comics or not me just throwing my opinion into the hat in the ring doesn't do anything like i just feel like i'm not contributing i'm just contributing to noise you know what i mean so i like i have opinions but i just feel like it's just going to get lost in this sauce so like i'm inclined not to because it's just what kind of ire is it going to draw towards me if like you get some slapper searching keywords on Twitter, like looking for a fight or something.
1: I don't, I like, I am weird. I've like grown into the fact that like, I feel like other men need another opinion from another man. Like they're not going to change their mind. Like sadly, they're not going to change their mind when a woman tells them why something is offensive. So like, I think we've all seen it in like comic shops where like a dude is going off about some female character. Like, that guy doesn't have anyone in his sphere that can like give him a different opinion that he'll listen to. Probably unless it's another dude that like mm-hmm. calmly explains to him. But I think that at a certain point, most dudes are not comfortable doing that because they fear reprisal, which I understand
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I kept my mouth shut. But like, I don't think anything's going to change unless other dudes tell them that you're being a J-bag.
2: <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. just never going to change sadly it's it's crazy we just want to we just want to love the stuff we love but you know as um as people get more and more outlets to uh, speak their very opinionated mind everything is going to be clouded with it unless you were just not online if you're not that kind of online person maybe you won't maybe you still just hit the shop weekly and uh you know you're in there for 10 minutes and you don't run interference you don't see or hear anything right like maybe you can be in your own little world but other than that everything you love is going to be criticized and stuff especially because you know if i got into uh, i don't know making phone cases or woodworking i would start following things like that on twitter and then you would all of a sudden you would start to see the hate and the criticisms uh, surrounding that and you just like eventually you just want to disassociate yourself with any of that because you're just like it's like pooping on the stuff that you want to love but mm-hmm. I, i'm afraid it's just like you got to you got to kind of like deal with it and and you can f- you can you know fight the power you can try to um be the good don't be billy bush we need that t-shirt made. Yeah. Don't be the Billy Bush.
1: <laughs> Troy to the Max Extreme. I hope I, don't know. I hope he we doesn't tweet. He doesn't
2: he doesn't tweet. He doesn't slack. He just sends us the controversy via <laughs> Google Mail so we can talk about <laughs> it on our show. Hopefully we answer his question. Maybe we did. I don't know.
1: Next week. We got to make some phone calls. We'll get the mm-hmm. Ghost Rider encyclopedia Mm. out Danny Ketch we're gonna phone up Danny Ketch <laughs> I might pull out those single issues from my long box glow in the dark ghost rider
2: oh god cover I can remember going to the Vineland you flea market back when they just had card sets for anything and having the glow in the dark ghost rider card set mm. there was at least one set I don't know if there were more than one but it, yeah I mean wheelhouse you know me
1: wheelhouse we when we get together twenty seventeen Longmire final season we should bring our trading cards and we can all look at them
2: God darn it <laughs> i i mean yeah yeah set it up yeah Set it up, Jonesy. Set it up, Jonesy. I'm
0: there. Is that if that if that's the one I get to organize, then <laughs> set it up. It'll be to the uh, organized to the tilt,
2: Slim. If that if it's at your house, I feel bad because at that point he will have driven his new old Bronco cross country to drive up on your lawn and park it <laughs> just mm-hmm. for the meetup.
1: Because you know it won't have like power brakes, Jonesy. You have to brake at the edge of Easton Road. <laughs> Nothing
0: wrong with drum brakes. Had them for years, <laughs>
1: and, and then maybe yeah. he'll have braked thirty houses down onto my lawn. <laughs>
0: right. right. You know, I think if I get a if I get a mid 90s Look at the mid nineties Bronco. I did. I do think they came equipped with disc brakes.
1: So only, only one way to find out, Jonesy.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm thinking a nice '95 Eddie Bauer. 351 oh. Cleveland under the hood. Yeah, although it might be a Windsor. I'm not that well What's at the status to get?
1: of uh, get the okay for this vehicle
2: from your significant <laughs> other.
0: 0.0% approval oh at gosh. this point.
2: But we're talking about a year from now. <laughs> we will see everybody next week. Love you.
1: Maybe. Game seven of the World Series is on tonight.
0: You heard about this? Seen this? Cubs versus <laughs> the rest. Indians, maybe? Five to I three. I just checked.
2: Cubs. Five to three. Yeah, I
0: just checked the uh, score. I was, if the Cubs win one. tonight, that's all my Chicago will burn to the ground.
2: I might have to
1: go downstairs and watch the end of this game. Really? So it's history if the Cubs win.
2: Yeah.
0: It's what, over 100 years since their club won the championship. Is that right? Two hundred eight years,
2: two hundred two hundred fifty years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you said it with such confidence, you piece of s.
2: <laughs> he must be right. I mean, if he must be absolutely the, right.
1: The, the friends of the show know how often Jonesy referred to himself as a piece of s. It's in almost Google constant. Hangouts, iMessage.
0: I just assume every time I say anything, and there's not like a semi-immediate response that you guys are in a separate window talking. Sometimes about how much I piece have to say it first, at. just to head you off to save mm-hmm. time. <laughs> My favorite at uh, Q three
2: sixteen was when uh, we would obviously talk about Jonesy, and then Jonesy would disparage himself by saying "idiot f," and then he would say the f word, like so. The f <laughs> would supposed to replace the f word, but he just says "idiot f," f word. <laughs> Jonesy, you idiot f f word. I still think about that all probably on a daily basis.
1: Jonesy, have you recovered from the ping pong? whooping <laughs> that you received that <laughs> you night?
0: did you i felt the need to to go and beat catcher on like 27 straight games because i was so upset with you mm-hmm. but how easily you try you know what do you call it trampled all over me in that ping pong game <laughs> how about how about
2: the fact of the ping pong like when you play as poorly as me Ping pong is all about how much movement you have in your, your hips and your back because you're constantly bending down to pick up the ball that you let <laughs> wing, zoom past <laughs> you on the floor.
1: That's the real workout. So yeah, for,
0: for really friends is. of the show, there was a ping pong tournament to which I faced slam in the finals. And then uh, once it was his turn to serve, he just dismantled me. <laughs> like just got in my head, took me, you know, just took me apart. And I don't think I scored a point after you started to serve.
1: Well, your confidence was sky high before that. Because you yeah. were you revealed yourself to the world that you could play ping pong.
0: I had, and it's you a were mopping secret. the
1: floor with everyone. And you
2: were cock the walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was in a, a Wii ping pong league at the VFW. I was. <laughs> 5 a.m. games.
0: Started at 4 a.m. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> it was bowling, though, not ping pong.
1: Uh, the Rocket League tournament was really fun, too we think we did a few, but it was hard to make those brackets. I had to make them on my, it was like a seven, six person, five person bracket, five
2: person. Slim, like totally, he just like looked up brackets on his phone, on his unreliable wireless access point (sighs) on his phone. And so it turns out he just found a picture of a bracket. And he just made his own rules for a five-person tournament. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, there are such things as five-person double elimination brackets. So that's what I used. Good sir.
2: Mm. Oh, okay. I thought you just found like a PDF of a bracket. Well, that's what I did, and then and I inserted our it.
1: names into the the fields. Okay. <laughs> Dale wants to see the copies of the of said brackets to oh, verify yeah. <laughs> their authenticity.
2: All of a sudden, they'll be blank. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's no other names on it it's just my name in one <laughs> bracket just advancing
0: to the finals <laughs> <laughs> right Mission should nobody questioning it because we're all distracted between two different tournaments uh yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense seems like it have another beer what it's a time q317 can't wait oh god i can't wait maybe i'll have my bronco
2: by then we all have we all started laying the groundwork because uh, getting away again next year could be more I difficult. I haven't
1: laid any groundwork. Whatsoever. Yeah, so obviously
2: you have already been basically told no on Twitter <laughs> in front of Scotty Young, so you have a lot of headway to clear.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot that we added him into the chain.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see.
1: We'll
0: if see if, if there is on.
1: a Q three seventeen, there needs to be a q two seventeen for my my marriage Agreed. the
0: women folk the lady folk
1: either the lady folk or me and her go somewhere for an extended weekend
2: mhm great get that on the books too get it
1: on the books paper cake
0: books Punch I am it. a man and you are late kind <laughs> <laughs>